This week on Dueling Review, Rick and Morty go to hell. From Oni Press. Well, finally happened. Rick and Morty are in hell. And we don't mean the DMV. It's fire, brimstone, and torture for all eternity. Typical Rick. He sees a way out of this mess and drags Morty with him on a horrific adventure to speak to the manager. So before we get into this week's show, I know all of you who went out there to patreon.com slash major spoilers and you cast your vote were expecting us to talk about Sumerian Red Nails number one from Ablaze Comics. And if you heard me introduce the comic that we're reviewing this week, you know that we absolutely are not doing Sumerian Red Nails number one from Ablaze Comics. So here's the problem with small publishers. And I'm not saying that that's a problem. I'm just saying that here's something that we run into with small publishers. Number one, um, a lot of them do not contact us. Or if they do, their emails are pretty poorly written. So I don't understand if they're trying to sell me something or if they've got a press release or something like that. But really, any small publisher or any publisher, really, feel free to put us on your PR list your review list now we may not always review your comics that you send us that's the chance you got to take because we don't have a staff of thousands yet uh, but if we can get to it we, we can now ablaze has never ever contacted us so that's not the problem there but when you go into comiXology now again ablaze is a very small publisher so f- to be able to go to your lcs and be able to see this sitting on the stands is probably fairly slim to begin with right so I was like, okay, there's no way we're going to get a physical copy of this. So we'll just wait. And they didn't send us a review copy. So we right. will wait until Wednesday. Uh, and I'll just pick up uh, the digital copy off Comixology, comicsology.com. Right. By the way, everybody, we are an affiliate with Comixology. So when you look at Majorspoilers.com and you see that you can purchase this comic via Comixology, you click on that, you buy the comic if you're interested in it. It doesn't cost you anything extra, but a little bit does come back our way. Comixology owned by Amazon. So I just want to make that clear. And I thought, oh, no problem. Uh, Ablaze has a, you know, they have a publisher page on Comixology. They also have the previous Sumerian, uh, um, you know, comics there. Wednesday, no problem. Wednesday comes and uh, we've got Critical Hit and I wasn't even paying attention to, you know, Ablaze because I'm like, oh, well, Thursday, I'll pick it up on Thursday. So Thursday morning, I get around to finally going over to Comixology and saying, ah, Ablaze, I got to go and get the Sumerian Red Nails number one. And I open it up, and sure enough, print release day, Sumerian number one, or Sumerian Red Nails number one was this week. Mm-hmm. However, digital, digital edition, release. June 24th. So two weeks out. Yeah, two weeks from now. So here's where I get a little worried and I get a little concerned, because we've talked about this before. You know, the, the, the brick and mortars are very concerned, not to be confused with the Rick and Mortys, which we'll be talking about right. in a minute. That's <laughs> uh, but anyway, here's, here's my concern. The brick and mortars uh, have always said that they're very concerned about the digital release and the fact that if they release it on the same day as the pr- print comic is available, it's going to hurt their business model and blah, 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 blah. Not to mention the fact that digital comics, which are worth a lot less than the three ninety nine that they're putting on these uh, books... Uh, is making the publishers a huge sum of money. But my big fear has always been, what if for some reason the LCSs think that they have the leverage to push those re- digital release dates back further 
than what you can get in the store. That would really hurt companies like Major Spoilers because right. if we're not getting it from, if we're not getting a review copy from uh, the publishers, and right now we're getting review copies from Boom and, and Dark Horse and DC, Marvel is very questionable at this point. I'll talk about that on the next VIP um, live show, which is next weekend. Dynamite Entertainment, IDW Publishing, Image Comics, uh, Archie Comics, Zenoscope when they have it, Oni Press, which is where we got Rick and Morty this week. Thank you, Oni Press, for sending us a, a digital review copy. And I'm trying to think, um, Black Mask, Lion Forge, uh, 20 AD, 2000 AD, I'm sorry, not 20 AD, 2000 AD, uh, and, and a few others, right? Uh, but if we don't get those review copies, then we have to go and buy the copy ourselves. So if, if right now Marvel doesn't send us a review copy, then and we want to review a Marvel book, then we need to go to Comixology or someplace else, our local comic book shop, and pick up that copy. Now, if there was a comic shop local, probably wouldn't be a big deal. I don't have a comic book shop local. The closest one is Wichita, Kansas. Matthew doesn't have a comic shop in Topeka that he goes to. So <laughs> there's no way that we could go and just pick up, casually pick up, in the middle of a right. pandemic, a physical copy of whatever book we need to review because a publisher did not send us a review copy. Another reason, dear publishers who might be listening to this, another reason why you should be sending us those digital copies because if we don't review it, you know, the week of, it might come around uh, sometime later when rev we review it as a trade paperback on the Major Spoilers podcast. So just some things to kind of keep in mind. And I know that's a very long-winded story to tell you why we're not reading... Sumerian Red Nails number one from a Blaze Comics. Mm -hmm. But here's my promise to you guys, if I remember. <laughs> Notice that I put that little caveat right there, Matthew. It's a little, it's always there. It's just a little asterisk. Here is my promise to you, dear listeners, with a little asterisk, because so many of you said, oh, and, and another thing I should put in here. I did reach out when I realized, oh my gosh, a Blaze is not going to not going to release the digital today, I scrambled and went out of my way to contact them and say, Dear Blaze Comics, we were going to review your comic uh, this week on the Dueling Review podcast. Uh, it's listened by, you know, this many people, blah, 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 blah. Uh, and um, it would be great if you could send us a digital review copy so we could review it this week. And I probably sent that around 1130 this morning. Mm -hmm. Didn't hear back from him at all. Which is not, you know, in this, in the age of in the age of COVID and small publishers and so many other things going on, that wasn't a surprise. It was a very much a late last minute request. The only companies that I've ever known that have fulfilled a last minute request like that have been Dark Horse Comics. Okay, mm -hmm. They've been very, very good about that. And Viz Media has been very, very good about getting us something at the very last minute. Um, so I wasn't expecting anything to come back. So I just uh, tweeted out to Matthew, hey, dude, didn't get that comic. Instead, we're going to do the second most requested book from our, our favorite listeners. And you can read the tweet right there. It says that right to him, the DM. We're going to read Rick and Morty Go to Hell, number one. Now, I know, Matthew, you are not a big fan of Rick and Morty, oh, number one. Well, not Rick and Morty, number one, per se. I'm not I'm a not Rick and Morty, Rick and Morty guy. Well, why is and I know we've talked about that before, but why is that? Well, I think that there are a couple of issues i think with the tone that get to me first and foremost and this is something that in the very first thing of rick and morty i saw which i think was an issue that we reviewed on dueling review uh the vomiting thing bugs me <laughs> yeah well uh, rick is but, a rick is a drunk right but 
also the ones that I've watched, there are some really good ones in there. Mm-hmm. And I watched Pickle Rick. I accidentally watched Pickle Rick was that in your its first, entirety. Was that your first introduction to Rick and Morty? Yep. Pickle oh. Rick was my first introduction. Oh, I really I'm enjoyed sorry. Pickle Rick, but I also got to the end of Pickle Rick and was just crushed. Yeah. Crushed. Uh, just a butterfly smashed on the wheel. And I just could not bring myself around to it. And then, you know, I'm not saying that sometimes a fandom can color your perception of sure, things. Sure, 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 sure. I've had some negative interactions with people who are like, yes, I am a Rick and Morty fan. Well, which so, means I am awesome. Yeah, and, which is the superiority yeah. complex is the thing that uh, the people that, and here's the thing, I do enjoy Rick and Morty a lot. I think it's very cleverly written. I sure, think you love the, Back to the Future. I love the the setups that they get in, and I love the moral, philosophical, emotional questions that every episode brings up. Right. But the problem is, as you said, there is a certain set of that fandom that says, I love Rick and Morty, and you can tell because I'm just like Rick, and that makes me superior to all y'all. When... The point of every episode is Rick is Rick not is a good person. Worst. Rick is the Rick worst is person. The worst. And that is the whole point of the show is people is the, the writers pointing out that Rick is a horrible person. Rick does is not emotionally aware. Rick doesn't know how to deal with feelings. He has intimacy issues. He has connection issues. He has family issues. He has his own, uh, his own loss that he has never coped with when he lost his wife. And mm-hmm. so this guy is very toxic in himself, but he comes off as very funny and very ha ha ha. Look at this guy. Look, I'm just like this guy. So therefore I must be the smartest person in the universe. And so that's where I think a lot of the turnoff in Rick and Morty comes from is not the show itself, uh, but the, but the, uh, uh, again, not all fans, uh, but a certain segment of fans who identify with Rick and don't understand that Rick is a troubled person that seriously needs help. Yep. There's, I, there's an undercurrent there of just unpleasantness. And I mm-hmm. feel like if you don't get that, I feel like you're missing the point of the show. Yeah. Oh, I mean, and and, there's, there's even points where Rick goes so far to do like there was the um, vat of acid episode. I don't know if you've seen that one. That was a season. That was one of the I new season ones. First half of it. Yeah. Oh, when they jumped into the vat. Yeah. Oh, you got to watch that whole thing because it is just brilliant. But the fact that Rick does all these things to prove his point, to force prove his point, even right. if it means the uh, shock and horror of everyone else, he's going to do it. Well, I'm still mad at him for murdering Vance Cosmic. So, <laughs> you know, well, and I think that all those things is what makes this particular issue interesting because Rick and Morty, quote unquote, go to hell. They wake up in a place of fire and brimstone and Morty and uh, dad and mom and the sister are all convinced that they have gone to hell. There's devils there. There's people that have died before that are there. There is horrible torture going on. Uh, and a Rick is just like religion is for idiots, which, you know, a lot of people uh, will agree with that part. Uh, But he goes, I am the smartest person in the universe. Uh, There's no way we can be in hell. And I'm going to prove it to you by going and speaking to the manager, which is basically the setup for this entire uh, uh, issue. (laughs) And so, I don't know, 
on one point, this is highly controversial when you talk to people and say, yeah, people who believe in religion are idiots. People who believe in hell are double idiots. So there's that part of this issue that uh, is going to cause a lot of controversy. Uh, and then there is the whole, um, you know, the sacrilege part, uh, because you can't believe in heaven if you don't believe in hell. Um, but then there is also the part of just how big headed and pig headed can Rick be. Yeah. And at what point will he realize his error and still fail to admit that he is wrong? Yeah. I mean, he starts the issue by literally saying, I am unkillable. Yeah. And that's clearly not true. But yeah, I. Well, I mean, <laughs> yes, there is one time when they, 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 they killed their doubles, right? On the Cronenberg. I don't know if you've seen the Cronenberg episode. Don't think I have. No. Yeah, basically they destroyed their own universe. And so they went into a parallel universe where basically everything was the same and they killed their du duplicates and buried them in the backyard so that they could continue living a quote unquote normal existence. And multiple episodes later, they have to go to summer and dig up the, the dead bodies and say, here are your real, here's your real uh, grandfather and brother. We killed them. This is the situation and just totally freaks her out. Oh my gosh. No, it's, I mean, hmm. That's crazy. Yeah, no, it's, I mean, uh, you, I, I would really encourage you, Matthew, to just sit and watch. And again, I don't want to be one of those people that are like, you just don't understand it, Matthew. Because I think if you watched all the episodes, you would totally, <laughs> you would totally get what they're trying to do on the show. And the whole point of the show is Rick is the worst person in the world. At the risk of sounding like Rick. There are a great many things you can accuse me of, but not understanding goofy pop culture, not on that list. Well, and it's not you even, know, it's not even understanding pop culture, which there's a lot of it in there. It is just, you could watch it and you could say, okay, here's the point of Rick, uh, Pickle Rick. It is that right. Rick is emotionally fragile and he will do anything to not have to go to therapy and share his feelings with other people that yep. might make him feel inferior going forward. And so he turns himself into a pickle so that he can avoid therapy. And what everyone yep. else says is, oh my God, I'm Pickle Rick. I'm going to kill a cockroach and use its body to run around. Ah, that's so great. And they miss the point of that. Oh, so yeah. I, and, you know, the episode where he kills the Vindicators. Yes. Obviously, the point there is making the point that superhero movies are dumb. You know, <laughs> I'm fine with that. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah. actually hysterical. Yeah. But, yeah, I just... This issue starts in a way that is very off-putting. Uh, yeah. And I, I think that the point is that we don't know what happened. But the fact that the yes. entire Smith family is also dead in hell yes. is is just a little bizarre. Oh, yeah, because Jerry, of course, they... is just going to blame Rick uh, sure. that it's all his fault when it could really be Jerry's fault. But when Jerry starts complaining, all the people around start to realize that they hate Rick, too. Yeah. So I believe that Jerry's theory that Rick may have blown up the world and made it stick, and now they're in hell, might actually be, I don't know if true is the right word, but it may actually be the thing that they expect us to believe before it all comes unraveled and yeah. goes pear-shaped at the end. I, I do. I, so here's the thing. I mm -hmm. like the conversation about... Is religion a crutch for some people? Is heaven and hell just made up, as as Rick says in the book, uh, by some rich guy with gout to control the masses? Uh, you know, or is it real? And I and one and my guess is over the three issues, as you hit the middle of Act Two, Rick may suddenly have, or the beginning of Act Three, Rick may suddenly have this 
this realization that, oh, maybe this is all true. Maybe this is something that I need to atone for my sins or something. And then oh. by the time you reach the end of the third act, he'll be like, nah, pff, ah, burp, belch, you know, F, F bomb this, F bomb that. But I really enjoy right. the the conversation, even if it even if it is going to offend a lot of people. I enjoy the conversation about, you know, is the afterlife real or are you just, as Rick again says, are you just fodder for the worms? Uh, so I enjoy that conversation. Uh, I enjoy the fact that you see other people's reactions to being in hell uh, and the things that might have led them there. So I enjoy that part of the issue. I enjoy that very, very much. The thing that I don't like about this issue, and again, it's not the fault of the artist, but time and time again, when I have watched an animated series, whether it be The Simpsons, whether it be Tom and Jerry, whether it be Bugs Bunny, whether it be The Jetsons, whether it be Steven Universe, whether it be Legend of Korra, when I read a comic book adaptation or a comic book based on a, an already existed animated property. Mm-hmm. I hate the art. <laughs> and the reason is because I expect this art to be moving. I expect the art to be fluid or jerky or whatever that the art is. But when you see it in a panel and you try to convey that in a, in a comic book, in a still form, the art just really falls apart to me. And it, it, there's something about it that is very disconcerting because there's no movement in the page. And so, yeah, yeah, that is a thing. And nobody's entirely off model necessarily. No, they're not. But the, the art style here is not full animation styling. And so there are points where, you know, they're doing some really cool stuff and I really enjoy the pencil work, but it's also not necessarily an animated thing. And Mm -hmm. even though most of what I know about Rick and Morty is that Pringles commercial, (laughs) even I can tell that this is not what they look like in their home, you know, medium. And that's something that happens. I actually enjoy it when a book takes some liberties to try and adjust to the new medium. Yeah, um, I mean, Boom's, uh, Steven universe book is really good because they don't even try. Yeah. They do something that looks cool and keeps the basic designs the same, but Steven universe also has a very fluid style from episode to episode. Mm-hmm. Anyway, mm-hmm. And Rick and Morty doesn't. Well, I could never get into the Bugs Bunny cartoons because Bugs Bunny in the in the comic books was mm-hmm. very much rounder and fluffier than the Bugs Bunny that you see in the cartoons. And it always was just off-putting to me. Same way with the Mickey Mouse stuff. I can enjoy Mickey it. Mickey Mouse was always running around in a pork pie hat, and he never had that yeah. in the cartoon. Exactly. So uh, there's, I mean, again, there's nothing wrong with the art created by the artist. I think everything right. in this from the writing and the art is very, very good. I just don't like any comic book that has been adapted into or you know, adapted from an animated property. It just doesn't work for me. I, I've said the same thing a couple of weeks ago. Maybe I think it was on the Major Spoilers podcast because I had reviewed or somebody had reviewed the Batman. Oh, Ashley had reviewed the Batman, uh, the adventures continue. Mm-hmm. And I said, I couldn't, I don't like the art in that. It just didn't, didn't look like the animated stuff. And so it was a very much a turnoff for me, but for other people, if you can get past that, I think you, I, and if you like Rick and Morty, uh, then I think you'll enjoy this comic book. Yeah. I mean, there's nothing entirely wrong with it either. Aside from having, uh, you know, intentionally an incredibly unlikable main character. Yes. It also has an unlikable secondary character and unlikable tertiary character. So I know really, Satan is a real dick. 
it's an all-around doucherama. Um, well, and Jerry is like <laughs> Jerry's always unlike uh, unlikable. He's right. the guy that thinks That's... he's. I mean, he's definitely a Brad. Right, and he's also you know voiced by Chris Parnell, who does doucherama better than anybody else. I mean, he's Cyril for God's sake, but. That's also something that comes into play here where the voices are not present. Yes. And hearing Justin Roiland say something in that Rick voice, <laughs> they took us in our sleep. Listen, you yes. and I, the, I, I, I hear when I, when I stop and I actually read carefully uh, what's being said, I can hear this in all their voices. However, yeah. your attempt at doing a, <laughs> a Rick Sounds like my attempt at doing a Rick. Here, let me find it. Let me find something here. That's a, uh, that's a Do Rick. Talk about real torture, Morty forms. Yeah. I don't, oh, uh, I hate these PDFs because when they open in my thing, they just start scrolling and I can't get them to stop on a page that I want them to stop on. Dang it. Uh, so here I barely scrolled and it's taken me all the way to the end of the issue. You stupid, you stupid PDF. Here, let me do it this way. I'll just close this and open it another way and I'll do my Rick impression. Okay. Here's here's my Rick impression. Uh, let's see. A book rewritten by rich old kings with long pinky nails and gout. What are you doing with that pig swallow anyway? At your age, you should be reading comic books and watching porn, Marty. That's that's my Rick. <laughs> and I know see, your Rick actually sounds more like Doc Brown. No, because it should be a book rewritten at rich. Uh, man, uh, there's something that's got to be done. Uh, <laughs> There's something that's got to be Morty. done about your kids, Morty. Morty Trust me, your it's your kids, Morty. So yes, mine is is very much like yours, a very gravelly, yep. a gravelly Rick. But I, I don't know. I liked it. I'm going to read the other like a swimming pool in here, and the floor's yeah. all moist. Oh gee, Rick. Oh my. <laughs> uh, yeah, I really, I really, I like this book, and I probably will read the next two. I, what are, What are your thoughts? I didn't hate it, um, and that's kind of a plus because I'm coming in with a skepticism and not necessarily a great uh, attachment to the material, and I feel like it worked for me. It gets past the fact that in those first few pages, Rick is just a, a total you know, cluster turd, and I have to admit, the ending is pretty neat. Uh, they're like, okay, we want to see the manager. Okay, fine. Come in here. Now we're going to light you on fire, then we're going to push you off a cliff into a pit of fire. Because you got to make it through seven circles of hell. Oh, sorry. Seven circles of H-E double hockey sticks before you can talk to the manager. Yeah. That ending is neat. I like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. That it's feels a really good like ending. the commercial break. Yeah, it really does. And that's why I think the three-issue arc follows that three-act structure very, very well. Uh, yep. It doesn't, I don't know how well it follows uh, Dan Harmon's story circle, but I bet if when all three issues are done, we could probably do the story circle and see where, you know, you need, want, go get uh, take return change and uh, and understand every little part of that within the story structure. So for m for me, I enjoyed it. I would recommend it, especially if you're a Rick and Morty fan. Uh, but don't be uh, surprised if for those of you who think that you are um, as great as Rick um, might be missing out on some of the subtext that goes on in the story. Again, mm. how did we get here? Well, we came down and we went through Mr. Parker's cul-de-sac. Yeah. Then so we the, took a left. We got here because we didn't get a digital copy or we weren't able to obtain a copy of a Blaze comic, Similarian, uh, the, the Sumerian, Red Nails number one. It doesn't come out until June 24th. So that promise that I started way back ago and we finally come back around to, here's the deal. 
on June 24th, that week's dueling review, we will do, again, if I remember, we will do Sumerian Red Nails number one on the dueling review episode just for you to make up for the fact that so many of you voted for that and um, we weren't able to get to it. Now that still leaves, what are we going to do next week, Matthew? Well, I think what we're going to do is we're going to ask all of the people listening to go to our Patreon at patreon.com forward slash major spoilers to find the post that says dueling review for June 17th, 2020. Right. Don't do June 17th, 2016, because we won't sketch that. But June 17th, 2020, choose a book that you want us to read, and we will do everything we can yes. to get that book, to read that book, to review it for you. Even if it makes us talk like this, Morty. Oh my gosh, something's got to be done about your kids. Maybe must have taken us in our sleep. Maybe next week we'll be reviewing from Boom Studios, Bill and Ted Drapery Paperback Box Set. $39.99. Perhaps, perhaps it'll be Power Rangers Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles number five. Five. I'm not going to be able to do the whole list that way. My voice will be wrecked for the rest of the month. Dark Horse Comics next week has Avatar The Last Airbender Imbalanced Library Edition hardcover. Looks like uh, if I'm looking at everything coming out from Dark Horse next week, it looks like mostly trade paperbacks. Uh, from Boom, the only single issue that they have, Firefly number 16, uh, and the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle Power Ranger ones are the only single issues. DC Comics next week has Aquaman Giant number four, uh, Dark Knight's Metal number one of Metal. six. <laughs> also, Detective Comics 475, the facsimile edition, that surprisingly, even though it's the facsimile edition, they're still going to charge you $3.99 for. Well, sure. Even when the original was probably what seventy five cents. What's that? Four seventy five when it originally came out. Four seventy five. Yeah. For what? Detective Comics number four seventy five. Oh, that, I'm confused. When that originally came out, the cover price was sixty cents. Sixty cents. But even though this is a reprint of that comic, they want to charge you three ninety nine for it. Wait, four seventy five. Yeah. Oh no, the Marshall Rogers run that was a thirty five cent book. <sighs> How much? I'm sorry. How much? 30, 35 cents. Okay, they, they want to charge you almost 10 times that amount. Yeah, but it was 35 cents in 1978. What, what is the eBay rating for that now? What is what is what are what are people asking for that comic in uh, 0.3 condition? 3 point well, condition. Oh, uh, I don't know. Should I check? Yeah, you should check. Uh, as I as I read through Green Lantern season 2 number 4, Hawkman number 24, Metal Men number 7, uh, everybody talking know. about, uh, I thought they said uh, the uh, the Strange Adventures of Adam Strange comes out next week, but I don't see it. Um, Metal Men number mm-hmm. seven comes out. I, I don't I don't see it here. Everybody I thought was uh, all talking about it. Maybe it comes out. I don't think it's out this week. Strange Adventures number whatever two. I don't think so. Yeah, so I don't see it. Maybe it comes out in two weeks on the 24th. But uh, we also get Superman number 22 next week, Wonder Woman 757 next week, as well as Young Justice number 15. Has your clackety fingers figured out, Detective Comics 475 yet? Do you think that my fingers are clackety? I don't know. Is that what you're implying? I know your 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 chair is definitely squeakety. Yeah, my chair is squeakety. I was going to get a new chair, but then I thought, no, the squeaks will drive Steven crazy. Uh, Fine, which is about a 3.03.5, is running 21 bucks. There's Mm. some Schmendrick trying to get a very fine for $70. The averages are running in the $50 to $60 range. So $3.99 for a reprint of a comic is probably not that bad after all. 
Uh, well, this particular comic, not bad at all, because this particular comic is amazing. You know, I no, learned it's actually Ashley. Detective Comics 475. Right. It's uh, Detective 475, which, you know, in mint condition right now would go for 70 bucks. There you go. It's that first uh, Engelhart Rogers thing with the laughing fish. Oh, yeah, the laughing fish. Everybody loves a laughing fish. A laughing fish. Everybody loves a laughing fish. A laughing fish. A laughing fish. Everybody wants a laughing fish. Yeah. You you'll remember find from- yours. I know. Ho, ho. Ah, ah, ah. Ah, ho, ho. You'll find yours. I know. Ho, ho. Dynamite Entertainment Everybody next week. Everybody wants a laughing fish. Dynamite next week has Death Defying Devil number five. I think you reviewed that today, didn't you? I did. Did you jump a week it- ahead? No, it came out this week. Why then is it listed as the seventeenth? That's weird. I don't know, but I I oh, found it. Oh, so this my... is this is the uh, limited virgin edition covers that go oh. for fifty bucks. That's why. Red yeah, it's Sonia. pretty solid. It's actually the end of a five issue arc. Uh, is that Gail Simone that did that? Yeah, Simone and Giovanni, the team okay. from uh, Red Sonia. Yeah. Uh, speaking of Red Sonia, Red Sonia, Age of Chaos number four, Vampirilla, Red Sonia number eight. IDW Publishing next week has uh, Crow Leth. Number one and number two, Crowleth. <laughs> I think that means you don't have any crows, right? Uh, also a lisp. Dying is easy. Number five, uh, Transformers. Number twenty, Uncle Scrooge. Number fifty-six, Image Comics has After Realm. Number two, A Man Among Ye. Number one, Gideon Falls. Number twenty-two, Ludocrats. Ugh. Number two, Moonshine. Number eighteen, uh, and Tartarus. Number three, Marvel Comics Tartarus. next week. Yes, Tartarus. Tartarus? You put it Not on Tartarus. your fish. Uh, you put it on your fish. <laughs> oh, okay. That makes no sense at all. Uh, okay. Next week, uh, Marvel Comics is only releasing trade paperback collections uh, and in all the rest category. Ooh, a new Asterix Omnibus Collected Edition, Volumes 1 and 2. Oh, my gosh. Ladies and gentlemen, you must. This is, if you want to get a collection of stuff, of good comics, good European comics, Asterisk and Obelix, those Omnibus Editions... For twenty-two bucks and fifteen bucks for uh, volumes one and two, definitely worth picking up. Yeah, and much less. Uh, how shall I say this? Fifties uh, racist than the Tintins. Yes, less racist, but still some racism. So just be aware of that. <laughs> yes. Uh, let's see. We also have Invader Zim Quarterly Number One, Lady Zorro Number One, Old Growth Hardcover. I don't know what that is. It's a mature reader's book for thirty-five it's bucks. It's about trees. Red Agent Island of Dr. Moreau, number five. That's the final issue of that one. And also coming out next week, White Ash, number four. That's just a little sampling of the list. Of course, you can head over to patreon.com slash major spoilers and look at the complete list as it stands right now, because in about uh, three weeks, that whole DC comic section is going to disappear. Hmm. We'll have to figure out another way to get the DC comics list. Probably from DC. Probably. I mean, uh, they have been pretty good about letting us know... Well, not really letting us know when things are arriving, but we do have the September solicitations coming up tomorrow, so we'll know everything that's at least coming out in September. But until then, head over to patreon.com slash spoilers. Let us know what comic you want us to review next week, and maybe on next week's episode you will hear Matthew say, When stupid people need a thrill, they rent the wrong tier. This podcast is copyright 2020 by Major Spoilers Entertainment, LLC.